Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment automated investment and savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, January 28th. And oh man, coming to the end of the month already. See how quickly that went? Hardly anything's happened. Just kidding. If you have a financial question, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. Or if you're on our website, jillonmoney.com, you can actually hit a contact button. Just like that. Click it. Send us your question. Don't forget to tell us if you'd like to join us on the program. We'd love to have you. We really would. So much better with your voices. And if you're on the website, of course, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Maybe even buy my book. I haven't plugged my book in a while, huh? All right, let's get to your questions. This is from Maria. So she says, I recently came upon a pension payout offer that I wasn't expecting. I received it. I put it in my savings account. Interestingly, I also have a car loan through a company credit union. I'm not going to say the name of the company. They've been paying a dividend, evidently, because I have $30 there and opened the account back in March. She gets an email from the credit union, which basically is saying, hey, guess what? We're putting more money into your hands, enhanced dividends. So her question is, with the money that she received in terms of the pension payout, and it's sitting in her savings account. Should she put that in her credit union account, this other account? Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, I want to make sure is that that, that pension payout, was it a distribution from a pension? Did you get it and pay tax on it? Or do you have the ability to put that in an IRA rollover? That's the only thing that I would double check on. I mean, obviously, this is one of those things where I say, you know, people who have credit unions, sometimes you don't use all the resources available to you. It's great. They are fantastic. All right. Here's another one. This is like uh, cash day. Georgina says, subject cash windfall. She said, I just recently discovered your podcast. In 2020, I first heard about the concept of 
inspire financial independence, retire early. I've been hooked on the idea of financial independence since. In the near future, I will be receiving a lump sum of money from the proceeds from my deceased mother's property. The amount should be about $225,000. My husband and I are recent empty nesters. He's 59, I'm 54. We hope to retire in six to eight years, then move out of California. Combined income is about $150,000. He contributes the maximum to his 401k. And as a public school employee, I have a PERS, that's a um, pension through the California system and a 457 plan. She puts 12 grand a year in the 457. She writes, we also have one year of emergency savings. Our annual expenses are $60,000. As of last year, we started to max out Roth IRAs and in fact started investing in low cost index funds at Charles Schwab. The only debt, a mortgage of $106,000, it's four and an eighth. It will be paid off in 12 years. We thought about refinancing, but with all the associated costs, it just didn't make sense. Okay. So the, what they're doing instead is they're going to contribute more to the principal. Their loan should be paid off by 2027. Question, how should I use this large windfall wisely? Should we use it to pay off our mortgage? No, don't do that. Should we invest the rest in index funds and exchange traded funds? Or should we just pay off our mortgage monthly as we were going to do until 2027 and use the windfall funds for investing in the stock market? Okay, not in the stock market, but what I do think you should do is you should build a balanced portfolio, use index funds, not all stocks, okay? Not all stocks. But I love this idea that you would have this money as additional liquidity because you know, I don't know what's going to happen, right? And you say I'm going to retire in six to eight years. Maybe it's 10 or 12 years. I don't know, but it's going to be good that if you do use six to eight years as your, your benchmark, that you will be able to have some money in an account where it is growing, but not crazy, not aggressive, but you'll have access to it. And so I think that's exactly what the game plan should be. I say, no, do not pay off the mortgage with that money that you have gotten as a windfall. Okay. Oh, Mark wants to know one thing. Very smart, Mark. You see, you're paying attention here. Okay. Question is, if you're going to be moving in six to eight years, why make any extra payments on the mortgage? you're going to sell the house. So you don't need to. He's right. He's absolutely right. Although I guess with the principal, it wouldn't really matter. But I, no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't pay anything extra. Okay. And certainly don't pay it off. Okay. This is a note from Matthew who said, I started listening to the podcast early in quarantine and it has been a bright spot each day for me to take a mental break from all that's going on to become a little more educated about finances. I've got one question for you. I hope it's a quick one. My wife and I have a one-year-old and another on the way. Hmm, guess it's been a good quarantine for you. <laughs> and recently, one set of grandparents told us they'd like to help our children financially in the future. They suggested they would like to open a whole life policy as they have for their other grandchildren. From the knowledge my wife and I have, it seems this would not be the best option. They were open to other options. What should they do instead? Our first thought, contribute to a 529 plan for each kid. Is this the best route or are we missing a better option? Yeah, 
I love it. They want to contribute $100 a month. They already have a 529 plan that they contribute a small portion to. Our family income is around $190,000. We hope to both continue working until our kids are through college. So absolutely, I like the idea. Now, your parents can do one of two things. If they want to put the money into that plan, that's fine, and um, they can contribute. I would rather them put it into an existing plan than opening up a whole nother 529 plan. So I would do that. And I think that's very, very wise, better than any sort of whole life policy. Also, they sent a picture of their dog who loves to stay warm inside while looking at the snow and listening to the podcast. That is a cute dog. An oldie, right, Mark? An oldie, but a goodie. All right. Um, so get that money there into the 529. Uh, Gerald is 67 years old. So is his wife. They've got TIAA accounts and with access to a fully liquid guaranteed 3% investment. Our investment mix is 50 stocks, 50 bonds. Would you recommend using the guaranteed 3% account in lieu of bonds? Yes. I love that TIAA. I wish I had TIAA, Mark. Why didn't I work for a nonprofit? You know what I always wanted to be was like a tenured university professor, which I would never get because my mouth is too big and I couldn't play the politics. But then at least I'd have a TIAA CREF account. Yes, use it instead of bonds. One thing you should know with TIAA, your money is tied up there. The reason why they pay so much in interest is you can't just yank it out when you want to yank it out. So just be careful of that. But yes, I think it's perfect. It's a reasonable way to use a fixed investing option. And of course, once you you know, actually are ready to retire, you'll have many options as to how you get that money out. Okay? David writes... Hi, Jill. I'm a regular listener of the podcast. I wanted to thank you for the valuable work you do by helping us make better financial decisions. It seriously makes such a big difference. Isn't that nice, Mark? Do you feel good when you read that? We are making a difference. Dang it. Okay. Here's the question. My wife and I have recently moved back to Oregon from living in Europe for two years, and we are now renting. We plan to get settled in and save up to buy a house in a year or so. We'd love some advice on whether or not we should sell the row house we own in Portland prior to buying the new house. On one hand, selling the house would afford us to use the equity gain since 2005. That would be good. On the other hand, the rental is really popular, and it's a pretty competitive real estate market. Here's where they stand, okay? They're in their 40s. They've got twins on the way. They make 170 grand a year. The the rental, okay. It is principal balance. They didn't tell me how much it's worth. The current interest rate on their mortgage is uh, 4.5%. The rental income is double the mortgage payment. So that's kind of nice, right? Let's see what else. They've got 140 grand in savings. They got 401k IRA, 70 grand. They got a car loan. They got 40 grand in stocks. What should we do? Get the cash to buy the new house or keep the investment in the nice monthly cash supplement? I think you're going to have to sell the house. I don't know how much it's worth, but you're going to need that. And by the way, you're 42 and you're 40 and 44. You got twins on the way. You should have more money saved. And don't spend too much money on the house. Maybe what you should be doing actually is renting for a little while and beefing everything up. But listen, if you're going to buy something, don't go crazy. I have a friend who lives in Portland. Though She calls me up the other day, Mark, and she says to me, I want to spend, I have a million dollars in her total portfolio. I'm going to spend 500 grand and buy a house. I said, are you insane? I actually said that. That's what you can do with your friends. I said, are you insane? 
She pays 900 bucks a month in rent. That's it. I said, keep renting. Oh, I'm too old to be renting. Too bad. Get that notion out of your head. Anyway, Dave and wife sell the house. Make sure that you run your numbers and be very clear. You do not have to spend all of the money and all the proceeds on your house and get some liquidity and start putting more money away into your retirement. Yeah. Mark says some for a down payment, some for an investment portfolio and don't buy too expensive a house because you guys have to save more money for retirement. Are you listening to Aunt Jill right now? You got to listen to Aunt Jill. That's it, Mark. Yet another show. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm sorry. If I, if I sound like a hard ass on that one, I'm sorry. I always get a little nervous when people start, you know, diving into like, oh, I'm going to put all this money in my real estate. What happened to my mantra, Mark? Grit, growth, gratitude. Grit, growth, gratitude. Well, that was a little gritty. Maybe we can all grow together. Let's all sort of voice our gratitude for all we have, because, you know, obviously these are first world problems that people are asking about that, you know, wow, isn't it terrible? My, my real estate value has gone up so much. I, I get it, but let's be responsible. Let's do this together. I like, I do like grit, growth, gratitude. Mark changed it. I said, I started with grit, growth, grace, and we changed it. No, you don't like grace. What's with you? You don't like grace. I don't understand that. You're very anti-grace. Like I'm not graceful at all, obviously, since I've been butterfingers lately. Grit, growth, gratitude. We're going in. I'm going all in on that. That's my 2021 mantra when I'm on the Peloton, when I'm having a hard business day, when I'm having a hard day in my personal life, which of course never happens. Just kidding. Anyway, um, we are so happy that you joined us and we are so happy that you spend time with us every single day. Here's what we ask in return. We have gratitude for you. And if you have gratitude for us, why don't you leave a rating or review for this podcast or just tell somebody that you got to check out this podcast. Jill and Mark, they're great. And pass it along. Uh, you can just find all the information about where you can subscribe to it at our website, jillonmoney.com. And as always, send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. We'll answer your financial questions. Let us know if you want to come on the air with us. Mark does all the rest. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and do something nice for someone else. It will make them feel better. It will make you feel better. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.